Cheers. Oh, you recorded that. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. All right. Cheers, what, dude. Cheers. <laughs> Hello, what's, people. What's good, people? Welcome out there. It's the Soul Hour. Soul Hour. Reg and Stone. Reg and Stone. Coming out here, giving you fancy tunes. Oh, yeah. Vibes. Vibes. And smoothness. <laughs> what's good, people? Uh, what's good? What's happening? How's life, Stone? Uh, life is good. good life good. is good. It's yeah, good. I, was, I, was, I was telling you, I was, I was out in Maryland. Mm. I was in, I, like, I was hiking. I was out in these streets. Living like Baltimore. A, living like a Caucasian, to quote Joanna's <laughs> camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in travel ads. Da, da, da. Oh, man, we're, we're living up. Uh, but yeah, back, mm. in, back in the city. How are you doing? Oh, good, good, good. I'm, I'm here, you know, just chilling, you know, vibing. Listening to, to all the newness, you know, basking in the post Drake glow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, man, this was basically chilling. Um, yeah, so we don't have that much to talk about because it seems like the music industry is just on vacation. Yeah, well, because Drake came and then Drake has a billion streams and they were like, fuck it. <laughs> like, we oh, give well. the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point anymore? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point of living? <laughs> Yeah, like no major stories, no album drops, no yeah. major, I guess, tracks drop. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it's like the Challenge Trap, uh, Challenge Camino tracks dropped, which it, we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but and the internet's going to come out imminently. So yes. We'll probably talk, talk ad nauseum next yes. week on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been kind of a lull. But, uh, you know, we did want to talk about uh, this is a 10, 10 year anniversary of Kit Cuddy's. Uh, Kid Named Cuddy mixtape, <laughs> which is essentially the beginning of emo rap, it's e- emo sing songy rap. <laughs> Kid Cuddy came down from the emo mountain with the ten emo commandments <laughs> and handed it over <laughs> to Jesus, aka to Jesus, aka to Jesus. Kanye West, <laughs> who went on to create. <laughs> which is true which is true the like, new testament 808 heartbreaks <laughs> and from there we have a long lineage of emo rappers <laughs> to the current messiah drinking <laughs> and it's kind of crazy so i listened to a uh, kid named cody mcstate um again today and you know i'm realizing like there's some really amazing stuff like cody get like i love that beat like there's some really amazing like curated songs here but it's not really anything that, that it stands the test of time, but it doesn't sound different from any mixtape that's dropping in 2018. Yeah. But you, when you listen to it, we have to realize, like, you know, 10 years is a long time. Like, we were still in the Bush era 10 years ago. Like, oh, yeah. 10 years, we were, all, we were all walking around wearing snowman fucking long T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, to, like, so, you know, when you listen to this album again, like, try to listen to it in, in 2008 years. Well, 2008 years. Because, yeah, like, this was revolutionary because... We weren't. We didn't have this. We didn't have sing-songy rap. We didn't have depressing rap. You know, like like you know, um, like we didn't have people kind of in their feelings. Like this is a very new new thing for people uh, to kind of experience. Um, and this is kind of on the way. You know, on the wave of you know, almost like the Fifty Cents and you know, like that that whole kind of like gangster. You know, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I guess gangster rap. You know was still kind of the, the dominant thing until kind of Kanye West kind of came and then opened that lane and then Cuddy just like bust through it. And yeah. then Kanye, a few months after Cuddy, this kid named Cuddy drops, drops A-Weights and Hearts Breaks, which is literally just kind of like the Kanye version of kid named Cuddy. Um, so, and then, and like you said, it's like, it's 
so far gone dropped like the following year um and then like the rest is history in terms of you know where hip-hop is now uh you know you have these kids you know xxx tentacions and all these kind of emo like hip-hop kids like you know are if not inspired by uh they're in the, the lane that that cuddy created Agreed, and it's something where it's it's it is kind of cool because usually creators kind of disappear and fade away. Cuddy's kind of always been around. Obviously, he's never reached the same heights as, let's say, a Drake or a Kanye. But Cuddy still, Cuddy could go a tour now and sell out. And it's weird because you hear I, I hear Cuddy references from like like different like oh Cuddy like um Timothy Chalamet was he was saying how like yeah. his favorite rapper and that's how we started acting and. Like, we kind of forget what a big deal Cuddy is because Cuddy's kind of been around. Like, it's easy to kind of point it out, but my man was on our HBO show, you know what I'm saying? He was yeah. crossing over kind of crazy. Yeah. And and it's weird because for somebody who was so impactful to the culture, it's not really necessarily acknowledged. Yeah. And then it's something where I think we kind of kind of revisit and see what kind of what a big deal it was because even then, because even like Day and Night or something like that, where what I loved about it was the fact of where that was even like a club song. Remember that house remix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The so Crookers remix. Yeah, so it was something where fucking like it was a big fucking deal. And it's kind of crazy where like somebody kind of came in there and kind of injected this kind of, and I, and I hate the term emo because it sounds like almost cliched, but somebody was able to kind of go there and kind of like mine a little deeper emotional depth out of hip hop than what was happening popular. You always had emo hip hop like you know atmosphere and a lot of yeah. other rappers are kind of going deeper but it was something with him where he was able to kind of throw this line where I'm singing and rapping and kind of giving this kind of worldview which like you said was totally different because yeah. like you know back then that was maybe hustling Rick Ross like, yeah. like trap was kind of bubbling up it was a whole other world yeah. and what is it to come out there doing this with some weird ass shit yeah yeah I mean you yeah, you had like the young Jeezy's uh, with the long T-shirts, yeah. you know, TIs. Uh, I think snap music was like the big, big thing that back then. Yeah. So Atlanta was still just like, if is Outkast gonna do anything anytime soon? Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then and Gucci Man was just in the first couple of the beginning of the Gucci Man reign. Also. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that was kind of like the, the current hip hop or pop landscape back then. Um, so it's it's so interesting. I remember when Day and Night like was I heard it on Urban Radio. And I stopped my car. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, back, you know, that was kind of when Cal Sessions was, I think, you know, just starting. And we're kind of, I'm not going to do my own horn, but we're on the forefront of this kind of like alternative black culture and kind of pushing these artists, who, you know, like a Jay Davey or things like that, who are, you know, like I think the public was still trying to feel out what it was, what it was to be in a quote unquote alternative black person. Mm. What does that mean? Like, you don't sound like what's on the radio. Like, and you know, when you hear artists from that era, talk about their struggles and talk about the struggles for acceptance, not only with like mainstream white America, but just like within their own communities, like, you know, like they, there, there are a lot of people kind of struggling in that time. So when you hear like day and night on urban radio, (laughs) Which is, for the most part, it's an indie rock song. Yeah. You know? And, it, and it's something where it's, and going back to the whole where it doesn't really fit, it really fit nowhere. Like, it's not like it had a little, it's not like there was Nowhere. A, yeah, it's not like it was a Manny Fresh beat. It's not like there was anything where, like, there was something where it was kind of, like, because even the BPM was very kind of slowed up. Yeah, yeah, Which you're yeah. used to. Like, it's because, like, again, it's pre-trap. So it's something where Usher was still making bangers. You know what I'm saying, kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a weird song to kind of come out of nowhere where suddenly this little, you know, lower BPM house song comes on almost. And, you know, that's a fucking gets played on black radio. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the Crookers remix, we got, which got played in the clubs. Like, it, it's, it's really kind of interesting to see all those things come together. Um, and it's the kind of the nucleus of, of, you know, like I said, some of these artists that are 
kind of like struggling out here just to gain acceptance and then Cuddy like kind of busted through that door and now you could be weird and black and emo and still be hip hop and still be you know and be indie rock and be all these different things so uh, and you know and, and I think like there are a lot of articles that have come out in the past few days from Billboard and, and other things like I think people are still starting to realize this mm-hmm. <laughs> now in 2018 in pop culture that like the impact that this, that this mixtape made and also too I mean we could talk about too like like this was like the beginning of like the post kind of DJ drama type mixtapes and now these mixtapes as albums yes as well you know I, yeah, I definitely can see that because yeah because Lil Wayne was still dropping mixtapes back then where it was still just beats you know it's beat jacking clips we got it for cheap where these are classic mixtapes but they were still not original music per se not yeah. to say not to say these are classics because these are still classic mixtapes dedication and go back to clips but it's the idea of where like you said it's it's a mixtape almost in name only just because mixtape because we don't have a major label budget basically and we can't clear samples yeah <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, we yeah. can't afford them samples. <laughs> you can't sue us, Your Honor. We're, this is not for not for profit. <laughs> we make no money off this. <laughs> Advertising purposes only. Yeah, so I mean, and and that's interesting too. I mean, I, I would say Cuddy and Lil Wayne, like these these. I mean, they could they stood their ground against you know major label produced you know million dollar you know production albums and you know they were just samples or rapping on the over you know maybe cut up samples of other rappers things like that which i think is amazing and that opened the door for like drake's uh so far gone and uh, a couple other like just really amazingly produced mixtapes like you can have a mixtape that is <laughs> solidly produced that could easily be nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, you know, Section it, eighty. Yeah, Come Section on. eighty. Yeah. yeah, Section eighty was you know. So yeah, it's it's, it's kind of interesting to see that happen as well from this from this project. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, I think, and, and not to be to be honest, what's crazy about like Kid Cudi is the fact of he's not necessarily talented. He's a really mm-hmm. good songwriter, <laughs> but a singer, woof, woof, a rapper, woof. woof. But he's got an idea of melody where I think the blueprint he he laid down, people were able to run with it because it's a great blueprint. Yeah, it's where a Kanye West could kind of come in there and say, "Hey, I've got this, I've got this production money behind me. Yeah, we're going to take these scents and make them sound extra crisp. Yeah, you know, this crazy order to it and do all these things. And it's kind of a testament going back to the indie rock thing where he was doing it basically. You know, it it sounds like he was recording it, you know, on that old school garage band shit. The yeah. same way the SoundCloud rappers are doing now. Yeah. It wasn't like necessarily high gloss. It sounded shitty. Yeah. But dope at the same time. And so it's something where you kinda gotta give it up to him where for something that's not so well produced, how influential it was, particularly at a time where going again, this is the Usher, this is Rick Ross. Exactly. You know, Justice League, where things sounded so crisp and so beautiful, he was able to make an impact off a mixtape that was low budget as shit. Yeah. You know, very indie rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you know, like like I I'm realizing too, like, you know, the content, the sound, I mean, although he had some really great beat selections, um, you know, it's not as revolutionary as say we can't have the balloons, which is completely yeah you know extraordinary extraordinary you know uh, it, you know it was a hip hop mixtape that that kind of just injected new beats and new sounds and new personas into like into the genre. Um, so like I think it's really cool that it's revolutionary, but it's not at the same time. It's 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 
it's not an album I think people talk about a lot. Yeah. You know, it, it, like when you talk about House of Balloons, people are like, yes, I remember where I was <laughs> when House of Balloons dropped. <laughs> Whereas this mixtape, I think people have kind of forgotten, you know, yeah, and, in a lot of ways. And, and I think it's because it goes back to the whole, like the idea of where it's not polished, where House of Balloons was a great album and it kind of self-contained. And, you know, if anything, not going to wish, wouldn't wish anything, but if we can disappear after that, you know, we'd be fine. You'd have this classic album where Kid Cudi, it was less about it being classic, but more about, oh, shit, this is the way, this is the way you're supposed to do shit now. These are options for us as hip hoppers. Yeah. Like, this is, if you want to kind of do this, we can kind of go out there and do the whole sing-songy thing. And what's crazy about it is the fact of where even fantastic MCs are kind of forced to, like, sing their hooks. And you could almost make the argument that maybe kind of started out with, like, your Ja Rule and your 50 Cents. Yeah. But it's crazy where, like, even a Kendrick, where, like, over time, he's singing more and more. Not necessarily because he's a singer, but because that's the way hip hop is. It's yeah. almost become his weird flow. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's because of Cuddy. Oh yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. And, and I think too, it's like Cuddy wasn't signed when this this project dropped. And I think, um, just I was reading an article today about how you know piracy made labels kind of way more risk averse. So they weren't signing these like eclectic black kids, which was great because it made them go out and, and just make beautiful shit. <laughs> Going out there, putting it on their MySpace, you know, <laughs> downloading on LimeWire. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like nobody was telling Cuddy like, "Oh, you can't sing hooks. You're a rapper." Nobody was telling Cuddy like, "Oh, you can't use this sample. It's a, it's a indie rock. You know, it's a Paul Simon sample." Well, you know, like nobody's like, no, there's no A and R in the background saying, "No, you can't do this." Yeah, which was great, you know, because I, that opened him up to be way more creative. Um, I think then than you know he would who have been if he was signed to a label you know at the time he was trying to get signed to a label he was trying to get signed to good music he was trying to get signed to like other other labels but i think you know him not being on a label and him kind of being an independent um just opened up the doors uh for people and you know kendrick not being on a label and and like the weekend not being on a label just opened up the doors for these 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 guys to be like way more creative uh, than they would be if they were signed to like Jive. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> you know? and, yeah, and even piggybacking off of that, Def where Jam, yeah, you know? Def Jam, and then like successful too, where you could make going back to the whole indie thing, where they were able to because Cuddy that was a huge song, so from that point on he could write his check and do whatever he wanted, and and it was great about that is the fact of where it's on his own terms. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't AR anybody A and R kind of guiding him. He was able to kind of do it, and from that point on, it's just like here I am a fully formed artist. I'm a fully formed product. Yeah, what do you have? for me you know what I'm saying and he was able from that point on able to go to good music able to have his own career able to drop a couple of albums in a row and like you know and the only thing of Cuddy is kind of unfortunate is that he still never had a classic I feel like he's had a lot of a lot of great songs I feel like a lot of his albums were overly long yeah but um he's had some great music like even his rock album was much better than it deserved to be yeah like it's something yeah. where it wasn't a total disaster like let's say you're like your little Wayne's or you know <laughs> <laughs> Rebirth. Yeah, you're, you're, you're Jay-Z and looking park shits. Like, he was trying. The only thing is a lot of those songs felt like sketches. So it'd be like, you know, one one cool guitar riff and him kind of going off for it. But if he had, like, a chance to kind of, I think, make it, like, I, I think he kind of fell away from his, like, his songwriting strength. It was like, all right, I have a riff. So I'll sing on top of it. But there were some songs on it. So it's something where he's somebody where, even though I was kind of going at him before saying that he isn't necessarily talented, he is a great songwriter. Yeah. And, and I, I think it makes, it's the reason why, like, even this whole... 
doing the, I don't know what you even call it, the fucking good music, mediocre summer run, <laughs> that that was one of the better, stronger projects. Yeah. Because, you know, he had a good foil there where even if, you know, Kanye would fall to his whack devices, yeah, somebody there in the background as collaborator that would be, you know, helped write the ship a little bit at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting to kind of look at, you know, where we've come in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Like it, it seems longer for some, for, for some reason. I, I don't know why, but like, our shit, our society's changed so much in 10 years. Oh yeah, come on, man. You know? That was, that was like, again, you said, remember George Bush? Yeah, again, we're, like, we're yeah, still in the Bush well, era. Yeah, so like, it's, it's kind of This crazy. time 10 years ago, we're still in the Bush era. Yeah. Like we even know, like we didn't think Obama was a possibility. We think, Fucking Trump would be a possibility. Yeah, we were, we were uh, young and innocent. We all had hope and dreams back then. Now it's all despair. <laughs> but yeah, and, and the thing is, going back to Cuddy, what I liked about it was also the fact that it was, it was mental, even the emo-ness, the fact that he spoke about mental depression, yeah. you know, um, drugs, particularly marijuana, being a, a coping mechanism, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Being self-medicating. Yeah. And it was something where you really didn't have that back then, where drugs were still cool. Yeah, you know, drugs are great. You yeah, know, party parties, you know, going on there and going back to the weekend where the weekend was somebody who did that in the R and B space, you know, a little bit after the fact. But he was the first one to kind of go there and kind of say, "Hey, I'm living this kind of life that kind of sucks." And and I think it's kind of cool where I think it's it's a reason why there's a lot of young people, of course, young people, but like a lot of twenty somethings, you know, early thirty somethings now are like, "Oh, I love fucking Kid Cudi." And he got me to a lot of shit was because he kind of there was no, there was no flash in any of the Kid Cudi shit. There was never like like even his singles I'm trying to think in my head now. There was never any like bling bling. There was, there was yeah. never any gloss. It was very real ass, almost folky. If you kind of make that word kind of argument. yeah yeah yeah. I mean it's interesting too because I Kid Cudi has fans, dude. He has fans, and I think like back when cause I remember he dropped his first album, which is not that great. Like, um, like, so his first album after the Man on the Moon mixtape, his major label debut, was not that great. Um, but it had songs. Like, it had that's songs. The thing. He, he always had, in every album he's dropped, he's always had great singles. And even if they were, because some of them were album cuts, but he always had some great-ass songs. Uh, yeah, he had some songs. But yeah. I, I think, I remember writing, uh, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, I remember writing these reviews uh, on Cal Sessions, it was like a really negative review, and like fans got at me. <laughs> oh my God, like I was just amazed at like the the veracity <laughs> of his fan base, like calling me out. Um, and I think now I, I like I understand like these people like Kid Cudi is kind of you know a, I wouldn't say a god, but like you know these people are going through depression these people are going through you know like you know all these different things and you know until that time you didn't see a popular black musician a hip-hop musician that kind of looked like you singing about the same things and the same problems and the same struggles that you were having and that's why like you know like there's so many people that connect with Kid Cudi like even now who are like ride or die Kid Cudi fans where like I'm a casual Kid Cudi fan like you know like but there's people who are ride or die and it's not even about the music it's about the image it's about you know like like kids you know Cuddy's still going through struggles I'm going through struggles like you know Cuddy looks like me like you know he acts like me he listens to the same music as me like like this person is somebody that like I can relate to like he can be my friend you know if we were like in real life um 
so yeah, I mean, I, I I get I get why now like people gravitate to his albums and people kind of like the, like he has a fan base that he does because you know like I said like 2008 there weren't lanes for for people like that yeah you know uh, and I mean there were but I mean there wasn't a, a mainstream kind of like radio like people like people like that uh, musicians like that weren't getting on the radio yeah then they weren't and it, and, it, and it, what I liked about him is he was somebody going back to the point of the indie rock. Where he he brought, he he easily brought from that world. So even there was a group called Ratatat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like Ratatat yeah, yeah. like had two songs on there. Enough one of one of my favorite songs was a Pursuit of Happiness, which kind of got yep. sampled and resampled and yep. kind of ended up you know many different versions and reworked and cover versions later in Schoolboy Q album. Where he's somebody where he's like, oh, there's any bands doing these weird hip hoppy things and we grab from this kind of world. Yeah, he's somebody where he was able to kind of like he kept his ears open. And I also think of him. With Cuddy, even though he was never necessarily somebody who was blatantly into like the cool kid stuff per se, I think is a there's a reason why he was casted to be on like How to Make It in America, where it's all about streetwear stuff. Yeah, Kid Cuddy kind of exemplified this kind of Pharrell cool that Pharrell started, where he was able to kind of like I've got these cool jeans and these sneakers and this kind of swag, where it kind of translated very very directly. Where even though he wasn't a dude. Who was like Rick Ross on the yacht selling out fucking pounds of kilos of cocaine? The Kid Cudi template as a dude would have got you laid very easily in 2010. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you definitely, know, definitely. Actually, as a matter of fact, I remember um, like somewhere online, it's a years ago, and then, you know, around that era. And then, and then we were talking about like like bouncers, somebody was debating about it. And they're like, yeah, it's hard to tell who the thugs are and who aren't when everybody's just like fucking Kid Cudi now. <laughs> <laughs> And that was like a direct quote. And it's true. Like, he, like it's weird. And I won't say he's necessarily the, the, the catalyst of it only, but he was definitely part of a wave where, like, you know, streetwear and being cool and jeans that fit and the, kind of being a skinny little jeans, clean cut. Skinny and, jean fat. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and like more so because he was somebody around that age where, you know, like, you know, Kanye was always in this extreme fashion. He was just kind of this, this you know, he moved us from the, the you know, the, the snowman t-shirt era, man. <laughs> You know, everybody was walking around there still wearing oversized fucking dress shirts and fucking, <laughs> you know, saying lugs. And he was somebody who was like, yo, you know, nice profile, nice whatever. So it's 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 something where even though I'm not necessarily, like you said, a casual fan, it's it's not hard to look at it and say, oh, he did a lot of dope shit. Yeah. And, and like and I, and, I, and you have to give props where props is due. Yeah. And, like, and I would love to, for him to have a more pro- prolific type of career. Because like even, so after that rock album, he had another album before this one. That was pretty fucking solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember listening to it. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty dope." But for some reason, it kind of fell, you know, below the radar. I think maybe because a lot of his like the, like people who really love Kid Cudi kind of grew up grew beyond him to a certain extent. Yeah. But he still has dope shit in him. So I'm hoping like he comes back, you know, harder than you know. He deserves more than a seven song, you know, throwing with fucking Kanye West and all this other fucking nonsense. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. no, nah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so Cudi holler. <laughs> we need some new music. Save us, save us out in these streets. <laughs> I told you, I told you my story about Cudi. Well, not really a story, but like, uh, for some reason, I was at South by and like, I got on stage with like Diplo and Kid Cudi. And I'm like in the background, just like jumping up and down, <laughs> jumping up and down. And like, it was at an abandoned grocery store in Austin for South by. <laughs> The most random ass thing ever, and then like, like at like the you know Diplo ends the set, the lights go come up, and like Cuddy gives me like a big bear hug. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the Cuddy moments. <laughs> and it's like 
2008, 2009. This is like mm. peak Kid Cudi era. You were blessed by the Lonely Stoner. I was stoner. blessed by the, yes. Like, uh, so no, nah, he's a good dude. He's yeah. a good dude. Shouts to Cudi. <laughs> Shouts to Cudi. Yeah. So uh, what, you, what you listening to, Stone? Uh, so Charles Cambino, just, he just drops two songs. Like, out of the blue. <laughs> the weirdest album roll ever. Then we drop a classic video, classic song, and not say shit for like two months. And then drop a song on on SNL, and that song just doesn't exist yeah, anymore. It's just gone. It's gone <laughs> in the ether. <laughs> Back in the lab. It's like you can't even find that song anywhere. <laughs> like, like that's it. Uh, yeah, no. So the Summer Pack uh, is what he's calling it. Um, it's like this two song EP, which is actually really. I mean, it's really dope. Like I'm not I'm not mad at uh, the songs. Like I, I don't really know what the end game is, uh, but I'll I'll take it. Really, I'll take it. Um, yeah. Like so, like the one song is "Summertime Magic," which is kind of like almost. So if you enjoy like uh, the Calvin Harris funk wave bounces movement that he's trying to start, uh, that I I love. I don't know about any other person loves it, but I love the the that 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 whole like kind of. Uh, aesthetic that he's going for like summertime magic is kind of like along those lines not as blatant but like you know inspired by um and then uh feels like summer is basically like a Sade like ripoff <laughs> but it's great it's great and i'm just like it's only two songs. Come on, fam. I know you got like 10, 15 songs. Yeah, no, it was weird. And, like, and they both summertime. <laughs> in the chamber. Like, just, just, you know, like, just lay out. Yeah, it makes me wonder if those are just like, maybe he did it. Like, I don't know how, because, you know, nobody knows how the Glover works, what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. But it felt like almost like he just did it now, just kind of put it out for summer. I have to admit, I am not as impressed as the songs. They're, they're a little, a little derivative. I, well, they, I, 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 that's what I mentioned. They, they're both derivative. I'm not, I'm not impressed, but I'm not going to not. I mean, it's just, it's literally, you know, like our radio, you know, our, our radio show uh, a couple weeks ago. Like I'm, in, I'm, I'm all about the summertime music driving up the coast, top down, <laughs> and this is what this this EP is. And so like, that's why I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> As long as it's out there, that, that, that's the summer swag, <laughs> you know, fresh kicks, fresh kicks, you know what I'm saying? The shorts, get, get, put the lotion on it, get that nice little fast shirt, go out to daytime party. It's, this is like the day summer party. dresses. This is, the, this is the, the sundresses and sandals daytime party mix. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm curious about, um, kind of the end game with like, like you know what he's trying to do like apparently uh i think like young thug or somebody said that or travis scott said that his next album is going to be his last like he's going to retire and yeah, not make music anymore yeah. um but he also just signed a record deal with rca you know and so they're gonna want like, their pound of flesh you know every three years or so yeah so it's just kind of like it's 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 and you know like, this is america dropped which you know was the number one single so I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I think I started racking my brain about like what his end game is, which I think that's what he wants you to do. Like, I think he's just kind of like, I'm just going to put this music out, you know, Kanye shrug, like, yeah. And then maybe, you know, like the Frank Ocean method where it is kind of like, Oh, do song on a Tuesday, whatever, put it out. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really know kind of like, like, you know, what, 
Like I, I'm excited about a new Charles Camino album because I, I I think the dude's a genius. Um, but it 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 does kind of concern me. It's just like I I don't know if there's any thought being put behind some of these releases. Yeah. But what do I know? But it was weird <laughs> because he had that pop up shop at the same time. So like you know. Because there was like suddenly this in a, a, like an email out. We're gonna have this pop up shop around the, the times the songs drop. Yeah. And all they basically did apparently was just had ice cream, and copies of Awaken My Love, it, like, like for a different title, like with the original title. I forget what it is. So, but it's the same exact cover, just really? different words on the front. Really. So it's like it's weird. Where even that's a weird thing because you're out there promoting your old album. Yeah. Not even your new, which is a cool project because somebody who goes like remember like his Pharaohs where yeah he gives back to his fans. So I guess on paper it's kind of fun, but it's also really weird when you know we kind of you know we got it, dude. We like that album. They didn't win a Grammy. I can't remember if it won any of the categories, but either way, Grammy nominated album. Where's the new shit, man? You know what I'm saying? Where's where's all the where's the new tracks? Yeah. Where's the new heat? And what have you done for me lately? And it's like some weird things like you know. Is this by design, <laughs> or you're just kind of fucking up, and then you're kind of saying, "But I'm an artist." <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe that's the legacy Kanye West has left us. I'm an artist. Everybody's just half-assed, drunken, two a.m. in the morning rants. It's like, yeah, I want my rollout to be eighteen songs over three weeks, <laughs> randomly, or like just somebody just like I like you know mistakenly press play on this. <sighs> Yeah, there's supposed to be ten more songs, but uh, we just press play on the i like you know press the mail on the iTunes. And it's, like, it's like oh shit, we fucked up. <laughs> we uh, fucked up. But it's we, now our e- it's now but, an EP. But we're artists. Yeah, we're, we're artists. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. We can make it happen. <laughs> uh, but on my summertime playlist, out of nowhere, you know, from being booed with Russell, is Ciara dropped a new song. I think after three, four years. And it's kind of a fucking banger. Okay. Yeah, no, it's something where I, I, I called it, because I remember a discussion, I called it more bounce. Yeah. Apparently it's more uh, New Jersey club music, I was told. What? A little more Newark, Newark-y, maybe arguably Baltimore. But uh, but it's dope. There's and differences, by the way, I, I, between B more club and New Jersey club. New Yorker, I don't understand anything out of these. Shout after, out to after Bandits. You, after you cross the bridge and shit, I get confused as fuck. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, but the thing is, what's great about it is the fact of where she hit the ground running where it's, it's very it's it's as if she never left wow. and the thing is I feel like Ciara is somebody where she was a solid ass artist I felt like we didn't give her the pop she deserved because she was dancing her ass off in a time when nobody gave a fuck about dancing yeah and her voice wasn't the strongest but she had some really dope ass jams over the time like a lot of there's a lot of you know we're in the current era of R&B where you don't have to have the strongest voice but if you have really good songs we rock a few yeah so it was kind of great to see her come back and, and particularly in the kind of way where the dancing is off the heezy Word. it's a thousand and one fucking dancers and it's fucking extremely well choreographed enough where it feels almost trippy at times wow and the music is fucking like solid ass like dope dance music now it may not be a big hit because I don't know if there's a big audience for necessarily fucking you know black club music but it's it's, it's kind of nice to see you know piggybacking off the that um piggybacking off like let's say songs like Fade yeah. things like that where we're kind of gonna you know I, 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 and we discussed it before I'm always for moving the paradigm more towards your you know your Zillia Banks Yep. You know, you're afraid, like the, the old school, like black dance music. And this is definitely a, a worthy song of that. So I'm, it's kind of going to be ish, interesting to see how she kind of pushes this forward. I hope it, it just came out, like I think, in the last day or two. Oh, wow. I'm cool. hoping it kind of stays big just because 
it's, it's like I said, it's even the video itself is just fun watching like a video where there's a lot of motherfucking choreographed dancers. And I feel like you have a lot of a lot of artists now kind of dabble in that a little bit just yeah. because you kind of have to. Yeah. But it, it, I do it, they do it really fucking half ass. Like Nicki Minaj. Like Nicki Minaj, <laughs> that performance on fucking BET was fucking horrible. Oh, she man. had a thousand one dances on stage. She could barely dance. Her biggest <laughs> dance move was basically crawling like a, like a, like a stripper with a broken leg across the stage. <laughs> It's like there's no juice, so it's kind of cool to see somebody dancing their fucking ass off yeah. with a whole bunch of dancers who were fucking dancing probably for fucking ten years and giving you that fucking work. Yeah, so it's a great fucking video and a great fucking song. That's that's what's up. I, yeah. I will watch this video after we we uh, stop recording because I, I didn't get a chance to, to listen to it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy to hear that she's embracing embracing like the club vibes. I, I, I'm with you, dude. Like I I I want this to kind of pop off. I feel like. There's just like the right amount of pop of pop song for this to like to really pop off. Yeah. Like people have tried and kind of failed and like, I mean, but like even like you know we had like disclosure pop off. Yes. Remember like like a few years ago, disclosure was everywhere. You know, so it's kind of like it, it's possible. So I'm I'm hoping that it, it would pop off. Um, I'm surprised he's actually back in music because you know like she's hanging out with like the richest man in the world right now. Yeah, living her best life. You know what I'm saying? Out here. Like, the richest man. Like, you see the Instagram? Like, like Jeff Bezos was serving her pancakes. Come on, man. Do, do, do it in my feelings meme just, just for the fuck of it. <laughs> like, I saw that shit and I was jealous. I don't know what feature we'll look at. <laughs> Let's say we saw that man, shit. That, that's why we got that emo ass feature album and shit, man. <laughs> you fucked it up, fam. That Beast Mode 2 was sad as shit for I'm called Beast Mode and that's why. <laughs> so yeah i mean like yeah so sierra doesn't have to do this i guess you know like she she like wants to so but it's great that she's also she's since she, i guess maybe she doesn't have to do this she's embracing something like new jersey club yeah. you know which is which is really cool so. yeah and yeah. it's and it's definitely not like you know as forced as uh oh who was that singer i see this is so sad i already forgot um good singer who just came out and kind of disappeared who her album was kind of very the one we discussed. Oh damn! Oh wow! See, this is where we this is where we show our age, and that tells you how bad that rollout was. So, who are the albums that came out of good music in June? Oh, Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. There holy holy shit! I totally forgot about Tiana Taylor, which tells you how her damn career is going. Sorry. Womp womp. Poor Tiana. Anyway, Damn what are you son. listening to, Stone? Besides that, uh, now I'm on the spot. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, all right, let me let me look. Let me see if I could pull something up on my on my recently played since he put me on the spot. Da, da, da. Um, who do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about uh, this Christine in the Queens track with Dame Funk? Oh, how is how is Justine in the Queen? Is she somebody I've heard a lot about, but I've never actually heard any of her music? You know what? So. I discovered her when I was actually in France for my honeymoon, and uh, let let that let that humble let's, brag, let that flex, this hum, humble brag, simmer in the air for a second. <laughs> but go on. And uh, so basically, like, um, basically, like the only channels we watched were like the BBC, CNN, and like music video channels because everything else is in French. And there's like a like her, she was very popular in France, and like her, like. Her videos are always on, like in heavy rotation. Like they still have like old school MTV over there. Awesome. And they have like four or five different video channels. 
it's like the you know like it's like you know the pop channel like the rock channel they have the black urban channel and like there's like there's like black urban like artists who are like still popping over like Flo Rider has like a song that he just released in Europe and not even like in the states <laughs> He's out again of Euros. <laughs> Living his best like, free healthcare life. <laughs> so like, yeah. So um so anyway, um, so I heard her and I was like, oh, this is dope. And then she actually did a track um with this artist with this rapper from uh Philly. Uh let me see if I could pull this up. So I'm gonna continue to talk. But um yeah, the, the, and, but and, I, I'll even interrupt because the reason why I knew about her was oh, the fact of where they were like, you know, a big dance move, movement. She said like almost like a weird, like like a, a mix of like, you know, because it, it was brought up where she was, because she's somebody who was very proud of her sexuality, very queer, yeah. but also very dope. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she did this, this, this uh, track called No Harm Is Done, which is one of my favorite tracks of, of a couple years ago with this dude, uh, Tunji Aichi, uh, who's uh, from Philly. And like, t- like Tunji is kind of like it's he's more of like a trap rapper, not like not really a trap rapper, but he's just kind of raps over trap beats. Yeah. Um. But basically, he kind of has to come into her world, like you know, her world is like this low key like you know synth French stuff, and like you know he's kind of a trap rapper, but you can tell that he had to like adjust to <laughs> meet her world, which I thought was like really interesting. Um. And so she dropped this track with Dame Funk, and it's the same thing. Whoa. Like, like Dame Funk says, like, like I guess he produced it, but you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't really know it's a Dame Funk track unless he didn't. He wasn't in the title because Dame Funk had to come into her world. So I think it's kind of interesting. This kind of like queer French, uh, almost androgynous artist is working with you know these people from like hip hop and funk and you know these black artists, but like. These artists, these black artists, are kind of coming into her world out of and kind of adjusting yeah. out of their comfort zones and zones and adjusting to her, um, which I thought was, I think is like really cool actually. Um, the lyrics are kind of weird. I'm realizing because they're kind of like she's broke, French. They're like yeah, they're like broken <laughs> English, and they make no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Like cause I was like, oh, this this track is dope. Oh snap! And I looked at the lyrics. I'm like, this shit make, makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> like she'll rap like Ooh. one line in English and one line in French, and Ooh. then go back to English. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, if you were listening, like, you almost have to listen to it like a trap song. Like you just listen for the beat <laughs> <laughs> and her flow and her flow. You know, <laughs> like. But uh, but no, she's she's dope. Like um, like I said, like she's been out for a while. I know they they tried to kind of do like a big push for her in the states, and I, I don't think the states are ready for you know some of these things. But um, it's cool to see her like like I said, work with some of these like urban artists um, and kind of bring them into her world. So I think it's just like the right combination of that for her next single. I think would be uh, the one that kind of gets her um, more known stateside. So awesome, yeah, awesome, yeah. No, um, on my end, and I probably mentioned before, I have an undying love of Jeremiah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I sound like an old white lady when I try to pronounce her name. Jeremiah, 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 Jeremy, Jeremiah, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like um, 
kind of similar to like the dream like 10 years ago where he was kind of because dream used to have the sad thing about dream's career is that he's very dope as a single artist yeah and i felt like to a certain extent he had some songs but nobody would give him the exact like he he had i can't say he never had some hits but really he was putting some fantastic work in his albums i think that in a similar way to kind of how Tim Blake was doing this whole future sex love sound thing, where it's like, oh, he kind of pushed R&B a step further. Yeah. And Dream's kind of discography, he was doing that a lot over that work. And then what's crazy is the fact that I kind of felt like he was slept on because A, the beats were fantastic, and B, he had a superb idea of melody, where the Dream could take something very simple, like almost like, like, like nursery rhymes, and kind of make a dope-ass, like often filthy song out about it. Yeah. And I feel like Jeremiah... Jeremiah is kind of in that same space where he's somebody where since his, um, speaking of mixtapes, his, his late night mixtapes a couple of years ago, around the time when Weekend and them were blowing up and Frank Ocean, he kind of reinvented himself where like he, he kind of has that same kind of space where he has a, a spectacular sense of melody and, and these little simple earworms of songs, which on paper, they should not work. It yeah. should be horrible. Yeah. Like on his last album had arguably one of the worst J. Cole Verses in all time. You know what I'm saying? J. Cole had some corny ass verses. You know, though. Dick So Big is like a foot up in your mouth. <laughs> That's death for any fucking record. But somehow, Jeremiah was able to sit there and flip it and make it sound dope. And so he's got a new song coming out called That. And he's, he's dropped a lot of things here and there. He's got a song with um, Valet. That's a pretty dope song. And he's got a couple of guest appearances. He's kind of like, he's not necessarily on that. He's not having a run nowhere near that Ty Dolla Sign's having this summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's definitely popping up in a lot of places. Yeah. So so I'm hoping it's going to build towards a big project because he's somebody where, like, he just thinks going to kind of that glow up. And what sucks about him is the fact that Def Jam kind of has been fucking him. Mm. Which is a big reason why that late night album took so long to come out after the mixtape. Even last year, they kind of set out to die because it just came out of nowhere. He was whining about it. He was like, they aren't releasing it. I think they might have released it in the dead of like 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 the winter. Yeah. And the only thing that saved it was Wii. Wii became such an undeniable fucking hit and it was fucking everywhere that fucking, that, you know, it, it, it kind of brought him back to the forefront. And it seems even now, like he's not really there. And I know he's kind of somebody who said in interviews where it's like, you know, he likes to have his own personal life. He likes to have a real life. He's not about the touring and mm. yada, yada, yada. But uh, he just does really dope work. So I'm hoping that it'll kind of build to, uh, you know, a big a final product. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Yes. So guys, girls, animals, lions, bears. <laughs> we will see you next week. Next week. Um, thanks to everybody who's been reaching out. It's really cool. Y'all actually listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa. Like, we have fans? What? <laughs> um, seriously, it, 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 it's really cool to, like, you know, get approached by people and say, or get, like, emails from people or texts from people. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you listen, like I said, as always, tell your friend, mama, cousin, brother, sister, dog, like, anybody with an iTunes account, just tell them. iTunes, we're, we're discriminating on anybody who got internet, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here, y'all, all y'all, you know what I'm saying? All, we're out here on all types of streaming stuff. You're going to be out there, you know what I'm saying? On MySpace, we're out there on Friendster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
We're out there on that LimeWire. Live journal. <laughs> Live journal. Audacities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, I, you know, we still haven't confirmed if we're on Android, though. So. Oh, that Android life. Oh, yeah, oh, I, got, yeah I got to figure that out because there's Google Podcast now. So I, we, we need to be on that. So oh. Android people get us. If you can't find us on Android, like, hit us up. Like, yeah. we'll, 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 like, roll up and... At Google offices, yeah. <laughs> oh. like Chuck Knight. Uh, anyway, guys, until next time. Peace. Peace.